Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers. Welcome to Popcorn, where we tell you what is popping in the culture. And so I have an obsession now. It's called Mindhunter. It's on Netflix. You can watch it. You can go episode by episode. You can binge watch it. You can do anything, but you will always be seeing my guest today, Jonathan Groff, because he's never not in any moment in this. Was that in your contract? <laughs> I will be in it's every in my, yeah. single moment. Exactly. Of this. You know, that's it. Anyway, welcome, Jonathan Groff. Thank you. Great Thank to you. have you back here. It's great to it be here. It always is. And with this triumph. I love that you're look calling at you. That. Oh my God. Look at you. <laughs> you know? I mean, you already did looking, right? But this is a whole different thing. So yeah. for those people that are out there that haven't yet, watched one episode, tell us in a perfect way who the hell this guy is that you're playing, this FBI guy. Well, the show is called Mindhunter, mm -hmm. based on a book called Mindhunter Hunter. by John Douglas yes. mm -hmm. that my character is inspired by. And it's uh, the story of the birth of criminal profiling in the late 70s. <laughs> well, th that sounds very dry and like <laughs> I'm going to... Half I was out. trying to give you the perfect. I just you asked can't. for the perfect it's summary. It's such an exciting show, <laughs> and now I'm just going. Oh, really? And what else will I learn? <laughs> Education can kill entertainment well, anytime. I know, right? Yes, that actually has been the interesting thing about it because David Fincher is the director, creator, genius behind the show. Yeah. And when he who sat, the hell is he? I know who's yeah. that, right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and when he sat me down initially and we were talking about it, he said, you know, the whole show is going to be people in rooms talking. There's a violent moment in the first episode, in the first scene. But other than that, there's no gore. It's a very cerebral, psychological deep dive into the world of criminal profiling and serial killers and crime in the late 70s. And... That has been, in the reception of the show, it's been the most exciting thing to me because people are binge-watching it like it's Scandal, but it's this, like, psychological, cerebral show. It's, it's, uh, it's very intellectual. It's not a show that you want to watch while you're emailing or texting. You've got to really, like, focus in. You know, it's like a, it's a drama. It's like the psychological drama. But the response has been so amazing because people are, are just eating it up, which has been really exciting. This is 1970, what, seven, something like yeah. that, 78. And yet everything about it in the discovery of why people do this is so relevant to now. Yeah. Why does a guy in Vegas just get and knock out a window and shoot all these people? Why? Totally. And that's the, I think, uh, your co-star, Hoyt, has that line in the, in the show where he says uh, something about... Uh, we, we have to learn to uh, about crazy yeah, yeah. in order to get ahead of it. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. How, do we get a, how do we get ahead of crazy if we don't know how crazy thinks? Yeah. Holt McCallany, who's amazing. Yeah. He plays Bill Tench, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but no, that line is very relevant today in a million ways. And I think it's also why people are obsessed with serial killers, because... They're so, they're humans, but they're so different from us. And it's, I think, endlessly interesting to try and figure out why they do what they do. And this is, like you said, it's the late 70s. So John Douglas, in real life, mm -hmm. in the late 70s, had this idea to go into jail cells and interview these incarcerated criminals. 
like the FBI up until the early 70s was Hoover, so it was very black and white. Go get the bad guy. Uh, good, good versus evil. Don't ask why he did it. Exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then John Douglas had this idea that maybe by talking to them we could learn something about them and perhaps prevent crime from happening and understand the way they think. And as they started talking to these people, you could see these similarities in, in, in some ways you could add up what had happened in their life to what they the horrible things that they ended up doing. And so now the Behavioral Science Unit is a huge part of the FBI and they gleaned a lot of information from these people. The scenes you do with uh, Cameron Britton who plays Ed Kemper, this real serial killer, Yeah, you couldn't eat that popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The things he did to his poor mom. I know. You know? I know. And it's as if, because you're also good in it, that we're there when yeah. he's describing it. The description of it is so sensational and so horrifying and so fascinating and debilitating and unfathomable yeah. that it can just be conversation because what has happened, the, the realism of what happened is so insane. And that also was one of David's sort of mission statements was there's been all these things done about serial killers and they're, they're seen as these sort of um, comic book villains. And he wanted to show them as, uh, as real as possible, as like the real sad humans that they are. Talk about Fincher for a minute, because whenever I talk to him, I always say, why do you torture actors like you do? You know, Jesse Eisenberg said he did the first scene in Social Network a hundred times, and he used take number two. You know? Right. So did he do that to you? Oh, gosh. I'm, I'm the wrong person to ask about torture, because... You love it, Maybe I'm a little masochistic. <laughs> no, no, no. No, but... <laughs> Coming from theater, I know the true you. You know the true yeah, you. Yeah, we've yeah. known each Just other for a let while. Let me do it a lot. Exactly. You know? yeah. But seriously, though, <laughs> I love doing it over and over and over and over. And in theater, to me, the play doesn't gel until th- at least three months in. You know, when you've done it three months. Oh, so I saw Spring Awakening too soon. You probably. <laughs> wow. Probably well, you did. Wow. Although we were young, so we were like amped. Uh, but it doesn't, you know, and in with Fincher, like doing the scenes, revelations happen when you, it, I mean, it's also, he's not mysterious. He's very pragmatic. He's not torturing us intentionally. Mm-hmm. He's not sitting with a cat like Dr. Evil, like going, do it again, do it again, That's do it again. That's how I wanted Right. I mean, <laughs> energetically sometimes he's like that. No. Uh, but no, it's, it's all logical and everybody knows why they're doing it again it's not like you're in this weird torture chamber where you're doing multiple takes and sometimes we don't do multiple takes but when we do do them we know why we're doing them and for me personally as an actor and on Mindhunter he's actually assembled a lot of people that got their start in the theater so we're all so down for it there was no eye rolling or we were all exhausted but Mm -hmm. but it gives you a real sense of pride when you're working with someone that uh, is a genius and wants to get it right. I'm looking at this very earnest 
FBI guy, right. but I know inside, as I know you, he's twisted in some <laughs> ways that can never be cured. You know, there's <laughs> just, just innately in it's my innate, DNA. It just comes yeah. out of yeah. you. You know, yeah. the tie is always perfect. Yeah, everything is that he sets forth yeah. is that way, and yet, and your own susceptibility to things. Yeah, yeah. Know? But this is a show where. You know, you're seeing the worst of human behavior. It made me think of you singing uh, Reindeers Are Better Than People in <laughs> because these people are really, you know, not terrific. And then I began <laughs> to think of your time. whole career as this association with Twisted, even when you were the king in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And you're King George, what is it? It's just saying, and I'll kill your friends and family to remind you, you of my love. love. Da 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 da. da. Yep. Kill your friends and family. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this is a culmination for you, is it? This of is this yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of really. Age. I should be playing a psychopath. I mean, honestly, I'm just. It's near, the next step. It's the next step. Because, <laughs> <laughs> and yet you, are just a simple boy with a dream, <laughs> who came, who came out of Amish country. True. Right. True. You know, uh, I don't know. Right. Parents, dad is a Mennonite. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm impressed that you know that. Yeah, well, well, sometimes I listen to you. (laughs) (laughs) And it sinks in and does that. It does, yeah. And now you've you've come to give them a serial killer show. Yeah. You know, where (laughs) innocent people. I know, right? Taking all your clothes off and hair. I know, I know. Michael Mayer, actually, who's the director of Spring Awakening, emailed me. Actually, his husband emailed me and was like, we're watching Mindhunter, Eight Ripe which you haven't gotten to this episode yet, but I do say that at one point in the show. They were like, really? And I said, you know what? When you gave me totally and the of living and you I'll beat the hell out of you that I said to Lee in the show, you ruined me forever. So really, like, what do you expect? I used to, actually, it's funny, when I moved to New York uh, from Pennsylvania, I didn't swear. I'd never uh, used swear words ever Mm -hmm. in my life. And when I started on Spring Awakening, we were singing, you know, all that stuff. And I would uh, turn red. I would swear, when I used to swear, I would, like, completely blush because... The saying those words in where I was from was such a, like, I just never did it. And so Spring Awakening changed all that for me. And <laughs> of all now the I'm, virtues of that, that show has, yeah, you know, yeah. it's done that to you. Yeah. But what, now I can say f- without blushing. What, what, was it that show? I mean, I, don't, I forget the year that you decided you were coming out and you yeah. said, I'm gay. How did that go over in Amish country? <laughs> Oh, God, that just, there's probably so many, like, gay Amish that I feel bad for. But no, uh, actually, during Spring Awakening, so during Spring Awakening, I was in the closet. I had a roommate Mm -hmm. who was my boyfriend, and we were together for three and a half years, but we were only in the, you know, four walls of our apartment. Mm -hmm. And I really believe this. The character that I played in Spring Awakening was... uh, a rebel. He was didn't let the world define him. Stood up to his teachers. Stood up to his parents. A brilliant thinker. Really bold. Stood up for his friends. Was very vocal, uh, which was the opposite 
of who I was at the time. I was a people pleaser. I was a good soldier. I never wanted to, you know, push the boundaries of anything. And I was just, you know, a good little, you know, half Mennonite. <laughs> and I, but I was playing this role eight times a week for two years. And when I left the show, it was as though, this sounds so like hippie, I'm so not methody in this way, but, but I had like cultivated this side of myself through doing this character. Then when I left the show, it was like I had this energy that I didn't have when I started the show. And a month after leaving Spring Awakening, I came out to my family, I came out to my friends, I broke up with that boyfriend, I moved into my own apartment, mm -hmm. and my whole life changed. And I, f I really credit a lot of it to doing Spring Awakening. And then I went right into doing hair in Central Park. So it was like this, this like perfect kind of juxtaposition uh, and got to like, you know, have my... And then I got high for the first time when I was doing hair uh, with the girl that played Sheila and the guy that played Burger. <laughs> so really then my life kicked into high gear. I remember the last time we spoke, you said something, though, about your mom. <laughs> At the time of Spring Awakening, yeah, bringing a busload of people yeah, from yeah. Amish country uh -huh, yeah. while you were on stage having sex. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. what were they thinking? Was that a good bus ride back? Well, <laughs> yes, they called the, the Michael Mayer called it the Mennonite bus because it was like all the people from Lancaster coming up to see the show. It was when we were off Broadway at the Atlantic Theater, actually. Oh. Mm -hmm. So it was only three hundred seats, so they were closer to it all. So much better. And the more they said, it was the loudest clapping post-sex scene that we ever had. So I think it was like a good release of uh, sexual repression, <laughs> which is really just my goal in life, is to give people that release. Just, the whole story, and then with the Mennonite bus. And yeah, the, I know. Uh, it's, it's just, it needs to be done and told, right. even by David Fincher. Exactly. You know? Well, that's the, my parents, discuss it with my parents. So my brother had my family over to watch Mindhunter, right? And then there I am in the first episode of Mindhunter, having mm -hmm. sex with my girlfriend. And my mom, you know, called me after and she was like, listen, I really love this show. And just, but like, why? Really? It's like why? everything. Yeah. It's like every, they're just waiting for Frozen 2. You know what I mean? <laughs> so many of us are. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's really it. Right. But you gave them Frozen. Right. Right? It, you did. And you gave them <laughs> You get to be a reindeer and this very manly Kristoff. Yeah. I yep. mean, he's, he's quite the... Listen. Well, he was. Yeah, is. He still is, yeah, yes, still because is. it will yeah. never stop. It'll never end. It'll live way past me. That's they for couldn't sure. afford you for the new musical version, right. I guess. They just said no. <laughs> right. And he's changed yeah. his image now. Yeah, yeah, he exactly. hangs out with too many serial killers exactly. to do that. <laughs> exactly. You know? We can't possibly you, invite him That's back. That's it. Frozen is the most successful Disney animated movie ever. I think you're yeah. in that. Yeah. Then you show up in Hamilton, yeah. you know, as King George, which is for the 21st century, what's bigger? It'll be running until the 22nd century. Yeah, I hope so. So is your head now exploding with uh, your own like, gigantic, uncontrollable ego? <laughs> I mean, I'm great, you know? Right. <laughs> look, at, look at what I've done. Oh my God. It is. It's uh, it's so luck, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, but now it's just. I getting, wish that I could take credit for the success show. of Frozen and Hamilton, mm -hmm. but I just feel lucky to be in them. <laughs> See, that's what they. All if say. I was Lin Manuel Miranda, yeah, I probably would just be I'm so yeah. like have the hugest <laughs> head ever. Well, but you know, I was King George for nine minutes. 
So what you're really saying, though, is that anybody out there that's watching this that needs tickets to Hamilton should just contact you directly at hashtag Definitely. Jonathan Groff. Hashtag Jonathan, Jonathan Groff. Jonathan and it's okay. You can and find me on social media. Yeah. I'm on every... Do you have any suck left there to uh, nope. actually... No. See? Nobody nope. does. They, yeah. just, they say they don't. They just never email back. No. Yeah. yeah. I did, when I was doing the show for the year in my contract, I had two house seats to every show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used those two house seats for every show. I was like Santa Claus for a year just because I could. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like Oprah. <laughs> I was like, who wants a pair of tickets, tickets to Hamilton? <laughs> yeah, which was amazing. Uh, but now, now that's I have over. No, now those days are over. You're, those days are over. You're, over. Your alleged friends have just completely diminished now. No, I know that you could have. It was interesting, more. though. It's funny you say that. The people coming out of the woodwork. I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. The ex-boyfriends, mm-hmm. the like people from elementary school. That you never even dated. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know. I see it, and I'm feeling for you. Yeah, it's thank just, you. And it was so really, hard. Yeah, it was really hard. A really hard well, time. Well, you know, you can't go yet because we end in song, always. Right, Last time you were here, you did that fabulous romantic ballad for me about I, I did. Fall in I love did a Chet Baker song, yep. Yes. But what now in okay. your head? Are you filled with a Jenny, hair my song? publicist was like, you, I forgot you have to sing. And I was like, oh, right, what am I going to sing? Yeah, on like the way, that the would car make you crazy here. with fear. No, not no, at all. Not no, at but all. I wanted to pick the right song. Okay. But I can't, I hope I remember the words. This is going to be Mindhunter themed. Wow. Okay. Okay. So it'll be very romantic. And I want you to, I'm going to see, I'm going to test your music knowledge. See if you can tell me who sings this. If you could read my mind, love. What a tale my thoughts would tell Just like a paperback novel The kind the drugstores sell The chains upon my feet You know the... Jim Croce. No. Who is it? Wait. If you could read my mind, love... What a tale my Gordon Lightfoot? Was. Yep. Okay. Which it's I love done. the Gordon Lightfoot version, mm-hmm. but I also love the Barbara Streisand version. Well, on the Stony End album. But like that's, that's totally you then. Right. It's it's Barbara. It's Barbara. It's always and, Barbara. And it's all you letting the sun come in. I my got friend, life. Thank you. You got life, you got it all. <laughs> you, you got know? it all. <laughs>